Today on Inside the Ropes, a look back at the Players' Championship, a couple of cracking stories from the Isuzu Queensland Open, and I've got a story that's going to have Andy Marr on tenterhooks for the entire show. Let's go. You're listening to Inside the Ropes, Australia's must-listen-to golf show with exclusive content from both home and abroad. Subscribe through your favourite podcast app or listen at golf.org.au. G'day, everybody. Welcome to the show. It is Inside the Ropes, episode number 199. Big week next week. We love raising the bat for a milestone. And to celebrate, um, uh, hopefully, a well, whether it's a career-changing, it's certainly a career-defining win at the Queensland Open for Andrew Evans is going to join us on the show. We've got a couple of other little bits and pieces. Uh, Mark Hayes is promising me a mystery guest, uh, something that's going to knock my socks off. I can't wait, Andy. This is one of the more extraordinary... Taylor, we've we've brought a lot of grassroots specials to this mm. uh, to these airwaves. This one today, my man Connor McLaughlin. Connor, I don't know who he is. I've never heard of him. I'm not going to tell All you right. anymore. We'll talk about it later. And there's another story that we're going to dive into just for a couple of minutes on the way through today. The the teenagers who were also part of the Queensland Open, 13 year old caddy, we're speaking to today. Yeah, we were, uh, Billy Dowling got a fair bit of airtime during the Isuzu Queensland Open last week, and and for. Uh, he had to continue his third, second round on the third day, so mm-hmm. he was into the weekend technically. Just missed the cut, Andy. Bogey two of his last three holes and missed by a couple. Um, would have been a great story for a 15-year-old kid, but amazingly, he had a 13-year-old caddy. Oh, when you're looking for some sage wisdom on your bag, Andy, yeah. go to a 13-year-old. We're going to talk to that 13-year-old, Alfie. Alfie. I'm Elf. going to I'll, I'll, more details later, okay, right, but we're going to talk to little Alfie, who's a really good player, Um in his own right, to be honest, but uh, we'll we'll come to him in a few minutes. We'll get to that then. Um, keen to talk to Andrew Evans. Golf's an amazing game, and I, I know for everybody who who has a moment like Andrew Evans had um, at the Queensland Open on the weekend, there's probably dozens who are desperately hoping to have that moment. But facing the reality that you're going to lose the card in your mid thirties, you know, having had his potentially had his career moment at Huntingdale six or seven years ago. Being forced with the realisation that maybe this is just not it. No matter how good a player I think I am, maybe this is not it for me. And the moment presented itself to him. Now, this is not – he hasn't won enough money now to retire and all the rest of it. But in terms of just regenerating the self-belief and all of those things you need in in a high-pressure environment like you know, the game of golf at the elite level, professional level. Um, it's an amazing game when it coughs up stories like that. Yeah. Uh, everyone thinks that uh, you win a golf tournament and you're Tiger Woods, you're set mm. for life and, you know, everything's, you know, roses and perfect. But the reality is that Andrew Evans, we're going to interrupt him today to speak to him. He's back in the pro shop working mm. in Sydney and, you know, that's just what his life is. So he's... He's had moments, flashes of glory that, you know, very few people get. And now he's had his little moment in the sun. Hopefully it's the first of many. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it's such a fine line, Andy. It's such a fine line, you know, just one groove here, one groove there, yep. and you don't get this magical moment. It's uh, a lot of talent, as we'll find out as the show goes we'll on. We'll have a chat to him uh, then. Obviously the play's dominated. Um, you know, you can have your views on where it sits in the – Hierarchy of tournament golf um, in the world. Have you have you changed your mind? No, no, no. There's four majors. There's four majors. <laughs> There's a real push going on. There's four majors, mate. But just before we get going, too, can I just a little shout out to Dan Hicks? I don't want to forget this until 
and, and then walk past it. Are you going to pot him? Please tell oh, me I you're am. going to pot him. I am. Good. Saves I am. me doing it. I am. He, he was, there were a few, there were quite a lot of eagles um, produced. Oh, uh, yeah. This isn't where I thought you were going. No, no, no. Right. He said at one stage, uh, I don't know who it was, somebody harassing, or somebody hold out for two on a par five. And they said, and he said, and there it is, the double eagle, the rarest bird in golf. <laughs> That's what he said, right? Yes. Well, for a start, the double eagle is not a bird. There is no such bird as a double eagle. The albatross is the rarest bird in golf. Yeah. So call it what this this. They don't even know when they're bastardising the language anymore. The Yanks. They've completely they've dismantled what was a beautiful um, sports centric language with its own vernacular um, uh, that the Americans have changed. And it was just that was I had it written down. I don't know why I made it the first port of call because it's ridiculous to <laughs> be talking about Lee Westwood and Justin Thomas and all the rest of it, but. I just had to get that off my chest right from the work. What were you lining him up for? Well, uh, look, we're not going to know because we can't ask Lee Westwood the answer to this question. Mm-hmm. But I would love to think that winning the um, European Tour Championship three times or winning at um, the home of British golf at mm-hmm. Wentworth or whatever might just maybe might be more important than a, than a construct on the other side of the, yeah. of the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. And for them to just routinely say this will be the biggest win of his career. Mm-hmm. Look, it may well be. I don't know. It might be that important to him. Sure, it's a big check. $2.7 million would have been nice to jump in. He's won the bloody Dubai yeah, World Championship, yep, which yep. gives him more money than that anyhow. Mm. You know, these self-important tossers yeah. who just just don't expect anything less than this is where golf is, lives and dies. For a lot of them, if it doesn't happen in America, it hasn't really happened. So that we understand their view and that, that's, how they, that's how they roll. But um, it, having said that, it would have been at 47, you know, having been runner-up, yeah. I don't know, what a handful of times at major championship, three or four times major championship level, and, you know, having carried this tag that he is, you know, the, the, the best player on the planet for a long time not to have won a major championship, it would have been, it would have been a significant win for him. And it was, no doubt. I think the, a lot of us were barracking for him in the last round. It, it was just, it wasn't a train wreck in the last round. I mean, he shot 72. He had the worst score of the top 10 finishes in the championship on Sunday. Um, his driving let him down. He couldn't, for the first, you know, probably for the whole round, really, he didn't quite have control of um, his ball off the tee. He didn't know whether it was going left or right. And and it was he was scrambling a lot when bikes like Justin Thomas were giving him windburn on the way past. Um, Westwood and... DeChambeau had basically played seven immaculate rounds of golf yeah, to get yeah. into that position in a row. Mm. And then on Sunday, it just, you know, Westwood starts with a birdie and you think, oh, he's away again. Here we go. And can someone run him down? Plays a second like me. Mm. Um, and then what happened on the fourth hole there is that's an extraordinary 20 minutes of golf. Um, Might have been 15 if it wasn't DeChambeau. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, that was a cheap yeah, shot. Yeah, it was a cheap shot. <laughs> but for him to top a, top a drive, nah. shank a second shot, and then ultimately putting for bogey, miss something that he makes with his eyes closed the last few weeks for a double bogey out of nowhere on what's probably the easiest hole on the whole mm. front side. Mm. Uh, it was just extraordinary. Was. I, I couldn't. I couldn't make you know head nor tail of it. To no, be honest. so that's got to be mental. I mean, because he's been striking the ball so beautifully. I mean, he's been he's had complete control of 
of the the destination of his golf ball for yeah. as you said from but you know the last two round Bay Hill and then here he's been he's been magnificent so um, that that has to be just simply a moment of uncertainty and impending you know destiny and all the rest of it that has to be a moment where that for for that brief period of time in in the history of his golf career uh, just got the better of him can I put something to you he tries and others do too but mostly him he's trying something every time he stands over the ball mm. he's not just hitting a seven iron 158 meters with a with his natural five meter slice no he's trying to hit a low you know eight yard draw or a high 26 yard fade or a 348 meter bomb mm-hmm. he's got no stock shot to fall on if the rhythm comes off a little bit probably a good call yeah it probably is a reasonable call yeah yeah, yeah. I, I just I watched a couple of side on shots of him in slow motion, even when he, the ball went okay, and it was just he's got nothing normal. He almost shanked a couple of bunker shots in yeah. the round. Like it was, it was uh, he hit he hit two bunker shots, of you know sort of mid level distant bunker shots. He hit them fifteen feet wide of the target, and these guys never do that. No. I mean, they might not necessarily they might not necessarily get their distance control right out of um, greenside bunkers, but. They generally get it online. He, he, squirt, he squirted a couple of, and he hadn't, you could see him. He sort of kind of had to shake his head. He didn't quite know what was going on. And for about the 10th time in the past 15 episodes of Inside the Ropes, we still have to give him his dues. Mm. He has a massive hook out on the last hole and still finishes tied third. Mm. Oh, you no, know, no. He's, he's yeah. won a huge hook out from running second mm. in the Players' Championship. Mm. Mm. It's a, so we should go to Justin Thomas. So you talk about, um, you talk about what Westwood's trying to do in terms of shape, the, the ball striking of Thomas in that last round was was beyond ball. I mean, yeah. nearly became the seventh, I think only the seventh player in history of the players to hit 18 greens in regulation on Sunday. It's only been done by six prior. And it, it, it he failed to do that because he missed a, his wedge on 18, spun, came up, yeah, spun back, spun off, the back off the green. Only by six inches. Yeah. And no one's done it in the final round and no champion's done it. Right of those. Oh, so six. See, I said on Sunday six times in the history of the yeah. play. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, amazing golf. He'd basically been flawless. In he terms can't have of meant his, He can't have meant his drive on eighteen. Well, he can't possibly have meant that drive on. Did 18. you see the one the day before? He did almost exactly the same thing. It's finished. Oh, it's finished within three feet of the running boards. There, the bulkhead on the left. It was unbelievable. He's hit his drive up sixteen. Um, was. Unbelievable. Mm. Like, you know, you, you'd swear if he didn't know what he was trying to do that he'd smother hooked it. But, you know, he started it right and it ran yeah, That's it ran right. Out. Beautiful shot. Magnificent shot. So that was yeah. day four. Day yeah. three, he hits his five iron to about, you know, four inches. Um, and then on both days, on 18, it, these are the key drives, scoring drives, one attacking and one defensive on mm. that back nine. Um, you know, he's, he's skirted those boards twice. I mean, was he closer than he thought both days? Yes, probably. But the, how's the... The pills to no, be able no, to no, stand there and do it. Yeah, he's got that. That's what he has got. He's not afraid. Yeah. Um, and he didn't putt great. Like his putting, no. his putting was. Well, he, I think the stat I read somewhere was he gave up two shots to the field in the last round. Still shot sixty eight. Yeah. Um, and was still good enough to win it by a couple. So, look, he's. We're we're not searching for a tiger replacement, but we are always on the lookout for players who can capture our imagination. Morikawa is definitely one of those. DeChambeau, whether you like him or not, is definitely one Absolutely. of those. 
Johnson is definitely one of those in a different sort of a kind of laconic sort of a way. I think Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth is when he's on. Justin Thomas is one of those. It, when he's going, he is a, he's a fun player. I mean, he just hits so many good irons. He does. He's just a great player to watch. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a – I've just seen him be rude to people a couple of times okay. and I can't get over it. But yeah, right. as a character to watch golf, yeah. I'll get over that in you know when he does something really awesome. But, wow, he's, his ability to hit clutch shots and, yeah. and, and in the key moments. That's why I rank Cameron Smith's – ability to beat him at the President's Cup so highly because oh, I think he's a really gritty competitor. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and with me, speaking of Cameron Smith, he was the best Aussie again at TPC Sawgrass again. <laughs> he's making a habit of doing that. Yeah, 65 on the on the Saturday was pretty awesome. There is a shout-out here, though. There is? To Cam Percy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cam Percy was the next best Aussie um, and closed with a 68, including the nearest the pin on yep. the Sunday. On Which the, the Australians owned because Scotty had nearest the pin – Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, and then went to clean up and stuck it in the water on Sunday. <laughs> so we weren't going to mention that. <laughs> uh, fantastic. And that was his first ever plays at – so we're talking about Westwood at 47. I think Purse is 46, 46 or 47. Yeah. Yep, yep. So so he's finished tied 29th uh, next ahead of Jason Day. Adam Scott makes the cut. Matt Jones makes the cut. Leash and Cam Davis don't. It's the last time – we're not the last time we'll ever talk about Bryson DeChambeau. It is the last time Bryson DeChambeau pre-tournament is going to declare to anyone where he's thinking about driving lines, what his driving lines are going to look. He'll never do that again. No. The internal out-of-bounds that was produced on 18 because he said, oh, I'm going to hit it over there. And they were clearly worried about patron safety or whatever. So they said, no, no, that's out-of-bounds now. So um, he'll keep that to himself from now on. He will. Yeah. Another one on player safety, Andy. I don't know if you saw Jordan Spieth's incident um, oh, when he hit it into Sabatini. With Rory Sabatini. Oh, fantastic. If you haven't seen this oh, on great. social media, go and just yeah. do a Google search, Speed Sabatini. That's uh, great. On the 11th tee, he's flared a drive around a tree on the right, um, slicing right, and he calls four right, and you can't see anyone down there. It whacks into a tree, but yep. because there's so many cameras and microphones, and this is the golden well, Every shot was that, – that was the pledge going to the tournament. Yep. From every, the, every shot was going to be covered. So the social media footage is of, of Spieth slicing his drive and with a camera right next to um, Sabatini as he prepares to play his second <laughs> shot, right. and it smashes into a tree right next to him, and he scares the crap out of him. Yep. And he ro- runs out on the fairway and waves his hands. But the funniest bit of it all, Andy, I mean, that's funny, sort of, without an injury, that's no funny. Hurt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, is the microphones that Spieth forgot momentarily. Correct. And he said basically something along the lines of, oh, God, uh, of all the people I've had to hit, it was Rory Sabatini. Correct. Which is funny as it is. And then he's backed it up. Um, Sabatini hit a bad second shot, pulled it left and into the trouble up further towards the green. And he hit a bat. His shot went badly. Spieth notices and he goes, ah, oh, he's going to blame me for that. <laughs> At least I'm one of the few people who get on with him. Because <laughs> <laughs> he can be prickly. Oh, extremely. He can be prickly. He's the cactus of the tour end. That is true. But uh, I, I just think that's that's priceless. Nah, it's and great Spieth's going to get in trouble, but no one really cares. No, nah, he wouldn't have hit the ball had he known a bloke was standing there in his landing zone. He's no way Jordan Spieth's hitting that ball. And I've got one more, Andy, yeah, go on. from, from the, uh, directly from the players. And I think this is absolutely amazing. Victor Hovland, did you hear about this one? Oh, no, go on. He signs for a 70 in the first round, gets in the car, leaves uh, the clubhouse. He's just up the road. His mum calls him from Norway. Uh, Victor, did you move the ball back uh, on the 15th green? I don't know, mum. I, I might have. Oh, I'm, no. I'm not sure. 
Oh, no. Turns the car around, goes back to the clubhouse, seeks the video from the PGA Tour, who says, yeah, no worries, we'll have a look. I'm, I'm not. There's a bit of conjecture about this, but I think he moved his marker twice to get it out of his... Um, oh, and he moved, only moved it And he once. moved it back once. Oh. So he's gone, I did. I did. And he's called a two-shot, or he's got a two-shot penalty on himself. Mum, mum stitched him up from the other side of the world. Yeah, well... How about that? You'd like to sit down with the Hovlands and have dinner and <laughs> a couple of other golfing families around the place you probably wouldn't want to do that with for, uh, for, for contrary reasons. True. Hazy. I yeah. think that's magic. Yeah, that's a great story. And do, do we, we want go, to touch on Dustin Johnson before we get to well, Andrew Evans? Yeah, we should. Just, we'll mention Qatar briefly. Yeah, about the Olympics. Olympics. Yeah, go on. Do we want to do this? Yeah, go on. Go. Yeah, go on. Dustin Johnson uh, has withdrawn from the mm. American team for the oh. Olympics in Tokyo. Should it go ahead in July, August? Uh, quoting... It's right in the middle of a big stretch of golf for me. So that was the reason I was kind of waffling on it a little bit. It's a long way to travel. And I think the WGC is the week right after it. The British is a couple of weeks before. It's a lot of traveling at a time where it's important to feel like I'm focused on playing the PGA Tour. Yeah. Yeah, Well, he's got his priorities, right? Let's be honest. You know, the important things for big old DJ. Well, it was important for him to go and pick up a mega check at the start of the year in Saudi Arabia, Andy. That was pretty good. No, well, he's... Look, we could bang on about this. Well, that speaks for itself. Yeah. That speaks for itself. Um, Qatar wasn't a great field, uh, the Qatar Masters, but it was an unbelievable field. See the putt. I, I must admit, I, I don't know too much about Antoine Rosner. Do you see the putt he made on 18? Uh, He's holding yeah. a 65-footer on yeah. 18 to win. He, two putt to get into a playoff. Um, oh, don't worry about that. I'll just drain this thing. <laughs> In a she goes. Putt. It was a great putt. Uh, we only had one Australian, I think, made the cut. Two were there. Two, yeah. We had uh, Wade, Mav- Wade Ormsby and okay. Scott. Oh, sorry, make the cut. Yeah, yep. one made the cut. Mav Ancliffe. We've actually finished really well. He did. Um, team Top 19. Yeah. yeah, good finish. Wade Ormsby and Scott Hen missed the cut. So there you go. Um, that's all of that. Let's get a break out of the way. Uh, turn our attention back domestically. Andrew Evans um, will find out just how significant he thinks his win at the Queensland Open was on the other side of this. You're listening to Inside the Ropes. Let's go back inside the ropes with Golf Australia. Welcome back to the show. There's some great stories we mentioned in the first segment that golf um, yields, and you know, we, we've we have a vested interest, obviously, here, Hazy, on this show um, to such a large degree. So many of our Australian golfers, and I guess six or seven. I, I suspect Andrew Evans hates it, people referencing this, but. It, Six or seven years ago, when he ran second to Peter Senior at that um, Australian Masters of Huntington, I think we all thought, oh, okay, he's a player. Yeah. He's, a, he's a pretty serious player, this bloke. We're going to keep our eye on him. And probably the tra- trajectory thereafter hasn't quite been what Andrew Evans would have liked it to be. And, you know, subsequent to him winning the Queensland Open, we know a bit more about where he sort of thought he might have been with his – um, pro career and just how significant this might be. We can find out from the bloke who won the Isuzu Queensland Open on the weekend, uh, hopefully a career-altering. Hopefully. Hopefully. Andrew Evans has been good enough to join us. Mate, um, thanks for joining us on Inside the Ropes. And, hey, congratulations. That's um, that's a really significant win for you. Yeah. yeah. Hey, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's massive. Uh no, it's been been a, a long time coming, and um, yeah, I just didn't know if the if it was ever going to happen. I've I've told a lot of mates around me who, who are golf pros and friends, and that I that I, I really don't want to like give up playing, and I want to like at least leave with a win. And mm. yeah, it's it's pretty cool for it to actually happen. And yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty surreal. I'm still buzzing. I'm still quite pumped up. So 
I can, yeah. I, I can just imagine. We'll, we'll go into more depth about all of that. But had it got to that stage, Andrew, had you started to have, you know, the 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 kind of the realistic conversations with yourself and people closest to you about, you know, what you might have to do if if the pro dream, you know, wasn't going to come to fruition. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, well, obviously, COVID uh, affected a lot of people, not just golf pros, but um, yeah, COVID was a big factor because I. I I've been working um, like three jobs in the golf industry because um, I did a traineeship and I still have uh, the qualifications to work at a golf club and um, and some friends needed need some help. Um, uh, Greg Green at the coast, Paul Davis at Beverly Park and Greg Bailey at Sydney Golf Tech. And they've offered me like a shift here and there and it ended up being quite a lot of work. And so that kind of, it, it carries on and, and I missed a few cuts. I missed all three cuts in Victoria um, at the startup. With um, when Sydney became an orange zone instead of a red zone, we were allowed to travel to Victoria. So I played those, and I was very rusty because um, it, well, it was like 12 months or something since mm-hmm. my last last comp. Uh, I was very rusty, and I was kind of like making up for lost time. I was practicing a lot at the venue and leading up to it, like before the rounds and after the rounds. And I missed every cut, and I'm thinking, I'm looking back, and my last cut was Vic Open, and I think I missed like six or seven in a row, I think. And you're just scratching your head. You're like, well, are you, are you wasting your time? Are you? Could you be doing something else? And and I like, I've, last few years I've been traveling to Japan, and um, a lot of times, well, when I first got my my proper card, it was such an achievement just to make your card, and I kind of didn't really, I didn't, I kind of just, uh, yeah, I was kind of just too relaxed. I didn't press on, and and then I played poorly there, and I was wondering, what am I doing here? And not good enough. So it, it, you can get in a downward spiral pretty pretty easily. Um, but then, like, something clicked, and, um, like, I've got a couple of guys that helped me with my swing, and, like, Greg Green and Josh Ryanflesh and Gary Barter gave me five minutes, like, before the first round of Bonnie Doon, and he said, I can get, I can get you hitting the draw in eight shots. And, and all of a sudden, I started hitting the draw, and I didn't have that leaky cut Um which I hit a few of the, them last week, but not not as much. And um, all of a sudden, I hit a little draw, and I had some confidence. And I was around the top ten the first two days or two and a half days, and it just kind of it felt kind of new. And I was just kind of a bit overwhelmed. And I I made a few double bogeys coming in. And I just like you just missed a shot, and it was in a bad spot. Then you just missed a shot in a bad spot, and then I did it a few times. And um, but I felt like it was there. So and I just kept telling people I. I I told Gary Barton on the range, I go, I feel like I can win. I just need that chance. And, and for it to actually happen, I mean, it's easy to say, but to actually happen last week, it's pretty, it's pretty surreal, you know? And I mean, there was a lot of good players um, playing last week. I no, respect a lot of players like, like Griffin and heaps of other guys like Andrew Dodd and McPherson and all those guys up there. They're all, they're all great players. Um, and there's no reason why they can't win either. So it's so tight and bunched up the top and to come out on top is pretty, uh, it's pretty sweet. It's pretty rewarding. It's very, yeah, it's very uh, satisfying. Uh, good so. on you. It's great. Yeah. Andrew, you, yeah. you hit a couple. I mean, obviously the, the victory, it goes without saying it's massive in your life. Is it yeah. almost as important for you to have hit a couple of really clutch mm. shots under the gun in the last 20 minutes? Mm. Like the, you, even down to your yeah. approach to the 18th from the, I, I don't know, it was looked to be sitting well, but it was in the rough and, you, and it was an mm. immaculate shot. Was it a five wood or something maybe? Uh, a hybrid, yeah, three hybrids from the rough. I, 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 yeah. So they moved the tees up on 18, and 
it was hybrid was too much off the tee and four iron was I kind of had to hit it well and I kind of got distracted through some of the spectators on tee and I said come on just hit it and like don't worry about it and I, yeah, I I made some grooves on the club face, I think, <laughs> but it went right. And I had about two twenty, two twenties of flag in the rough. It was a perfect lie. As soon as I saw that, and the, the angle was actually really good, and the, there was actually a bit of help because uh, if you hit in the grandstand, there was a drop like right next to the fringe. Um, you would have seen a few guys yeah. um, who hit it long in the grandstand. They're going to drop it right near the fringe. So I knew if I flushed it, it didn't really matter. Like it was going to be around green somewhere and and I felt like that Sunday I felt like I had some some words that really calmed me um, like that saying if you hit it long it's fine um, I saw a few guys on a leaderboard I didn't look at the number but I could see my name was still up there and other people around it um, but I, the whole day I avoided looking at the numbers until I couldn't help it I saw it on the 17th before <laughs> I hit my putt um, it was just there and I saw numbers I saw two shots I'm like alright come on we'll try and make it and and then I did, and I was like, oh, okay. And like the spectators are shouting out, oh, come on, Shay, you're eager to laugh. And I'm trying to add up what, what his score is. And <laughs> But like I was saying, when I saw like like Dale Williamson, Lawson, I, was, I saw those guys, and I was like, oh, it's cool. Like one of us are going to win. Like it was, I was kind of like just creating those words to calm yourself because it's easy to get stressed and anxious and, yeah. and all of that stuff. But I was, I was just saying the right things, like just come on, give yourself a chance, and just it's okay. Like one of us are going to win, and stuff like that. So, yeah, but to hit those shots, yeah, it's very rewarding. Um, again, I didn't know where I stood, so I didn't know how important those birdies were <laughs> on 15 and uh, 16, and those two iron, six iron on 15 and five iron on 16 were incredible. So, yeah, are they the um, shots? Yeah, I'm really. Are they the shots of your career? Oh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's great shots all week. Um, even the hole before on 14, I, I couldn't really decide on the club, and I hit a, a great seven, like a controlled seven iron. And if it was a meter left, it was in the water. So I was actually there was a lot of good stuff, you know, a lot of good putts. Um, the putt on the par five, 12th was huge. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I could give you a dozen shots easily that were like the highlight of a massive. It's just so cool we could watch it on KO. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the whole tournament was recorded, and it's not just like a photo at the end. Oh, well done! You got a trophy. Like, oh, like it was cool. That I could I can replay, it and all my mates watched it, and yeah, it was very cool. That so uh, that highlights yeah. package actually is really good. That, that, you know, when you I don't mm. know if it was walking up the 18th or just after the, your, your final putt. Jesus, what a ripping highlights package of a final round that is. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I hit my wedge game was 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 unreal. It was just it was so good, like. You would have seen the one on seven, the par five. Yeah. Like, I know I got a bit of flack for late for hitting an iron off um, a four iron off seventeen, but I actually the four iron off seven because I felt like if my driver leaked, I'm making a bogey. I'm like, let's just do it, do it again, do what I did yesterday. Hit an iron iron, and I had a full fifty two, perfect number. I hit it to a foot. Like, I mean, how can you go wrong with that? I mean, <laughs> I saw I saw the highlights. A lot of guys went for the green and made a bogey and, and par, and it was a tucked pin and. Yeah, so yeah, so I'm pretty yeah. Wedge shots like that was were the defining moments, absolutely. So Andrew, have you got a sense for um what it means to you? Like, you know, coming in you knew where you sat and you having all these internal questions um about you know, what what comes next. Do you, what does this do for your own self belief and, and all of those all of those things? 
Yeah, I mean, my, my self-belief was growing. I kind of felt like, even like in the third, uh, before the third round, I was thinking, okay, we up there, at least have a solid week and try and have a good week at New South Open and just kind of like keep it going, keep it going, keep the consistency rather than um, rather than like be content and and just 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 play golf, just be give it a bit more, um, yeah, a bit more uh, thought and and directive. Um, but uh, the win is massive. Um, to have that that win, it's ma- massive self belief. Uh, I feel uh, I just want to do it again, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to. I want I got to work harder. I can't just just do it. I just just go backwards. I got to work harder. Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to to keep carrying on because I mean the position I was in, um, I haven't made enough money to keep the my my Aussie card, and they they've put a Q score on in April uh, after New South Open, which you kind of wonder why, but I mean they have their reasons and. I mean, I think everyone that goes is not going to want to go to Q School. Um, but, yeah, I'm so, so glad I don't have to. Because, um, I mean, I could easily miss miss a card at Aussie Q School in April and all of a sudden I'm back to back to just thinking I should just work. Um, yeah. yeah, so I've, I've still got status in Japan, but getting over there is another thing with quarantining. And I've got a two-week quarantine and my status, I'm touch and go getting events, the main event. So I could quarantine and not get an event and then... Yeah, it could be just a whole waste of time. So, um, but just I, I'd, yeah, I'd love to have another chance up there in Japan um, and to carry this this feeling and and my game over there. So yeah, so, oh, it's massive. Andrew, you talk about the fine line, which is I think is very appropriate, and Andy and I talk about it all the time. I want to give some names to you here, and just let me talk about the fine line again <laughs> after this, if you don't mind. Yep. Peter Senior, Bryson DeChambeau, John Sendon. Adam Scott, Richard Green. Do, do those names all ring a bell to you? Well, it sounds like you're bringing up the leaderboard. <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's exactly uh, what it is. My dad took a mm. photo of it. He's like, you should, be, you should be proud. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's good. But I still wanted that uh, gold jacket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you something want... about it. But, um, but, I mean, that was a different week. Um, I was never in the event until Monday after lunch when I, or afternoon when I pre-qualified. Um, so it was all, it was all new. Like the whole thing was all new and you just, so it's just like Aussie masters. It hasn't been on in six, seven years. It's a shame. Uh, it's kind of out of your control, but, but those big events, there's something about it. It just gives, it gives all the Aussie pros something to play for, um, to get spectators, get the hype and, and to have it on TV as well. It's yeah. But yeah, I mean, it is a fine line. Um, but those, those I've na- thought about, I've thought about the last two holes many times. Yeah. Um, I mean, not the the short part. I mean, everyone talks about that, but it was more about um, the fine line, like the the shot on 17. It just bounced a little firmer when the bunker. If it was short, I could have hit it on and made par. And then, yeah, it, it's 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 so much fine line. It's, yeah, you can go on for days. That's kind of golf. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got you got to you've got to keep going and give yourself opportunities. But um, yeah, this yeah, I mean, it, I mean, yeah, it's a fine line of the tournament. There's so many guys two shots off that they. They could probably give you like five shots they could have, they could have fixed, you know, in, in the whole week. So, yeah, it's yeah. I guess I'm coming at it more from the point of, yeah, it's a fine line. You might not make the cut at the Queensland Open, but mm-hmm. you were a, 
a hair's breadth away from rolling one of the Australian greats. You, yeah. Bryson DeChambeau has gone yeah. on to be number one in the world, and you know we talk about yeah. him all the time. <laughs> There's Adam Scott, yeah. John Sennon. They're the legends of the game, and you're right among them. That's what I'm sort of getting at. Do you ever yeah. feel like, you know, I could do that. I could be that person. Yeah, you you do. Um, obviously, yeah. I unfortunately, I I would see it as a disappointment. I didn't carry it on. Um, so that's yeah, that's how it is. But um, yeah, no, it's 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 pretty cool being uh, up up around those guys. Um, but even playing with like Matt Griffin, like he's he's done so much in the game um, in Japan and in Australia. Um, I'm always I was actually quite excited when I saw that draw. Um, Shay's a great guy, local boy. You knew he was going to have spectators, and he, he's playing really hot at the moment. Um, yeah, so it's always great to be around those guys. Even like just practice rounds, you have a hit with say like. Like whoever, like a Matt Miller or like a Jason Norris or Michael Wright, or you you play with those guys who've been around a long time, and and yeah, it's 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 exciting and it it it's good to be around great players. So so yeah, I mean, so, I just I just threw a few names because I played with them the last couple of weeks, but there's so many other guys. It's 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 awesome to be around and yeah, and hit balls on the range with them, and yeah, it's good. So top thirty. Bonnie Doon, you win Queensland. I'm like Sydney boy. I imagine you know Concord pretty well. Do you? Mm. How um, how different is your mindset going into? And this is a four hundred thousand dollar event. I mean, this is this is good mm. money for a for an Australian tour event these days in New South Wales Open. How different is your mindset? Can you feel it different internally uh, within yourself uh, preparing for this week than you have been in in, in weeks prior to this? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, all the things that I was doing at, at Queensland Open in terms of like the process and visualising and and really like committing to the shots, um, they're definitely things I'd carry over. Um, I'll definitely be nervous because there's a bit more expectation. Mm. Uh, I don't think people expected me to win in Queensland. Um, that that might have been something I struggled with after the Masters, uh, where everyone expected you to do well and mm. and when you didn't like. They might text you all of a sudden, where usually you get no text messages, and you have to explain yourself. And so there's, there's there is another area uh, I'll have to overcome and and improve. But yeah, Concord, it's a great course. It's been redesigned. It's it's incredible uh, condition and layout. It it is tight. Uh, it doesn't offer much of a leeway for the guy that sprays it on the other fairway. Um, so yeah, so I I think it does suit. The straight ball hitter. Uh, the long guys can still be up there. They can just hit their two iron past my drive and and be fine in the fairway. But um, I'm I'm curious to see how the course condition is on Monday and seeing if they're the greens are firm or fast or soft or because we forecast a lot of rain. But um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, I can't say I'm not going to be confident. Uh, I I should be confident. And uh, but I'm just looking forward to the challenge. I really enjoy playing Concord and it's. I mean, we're just lucky the New South Wales Open going ahead. Yeah, um, yeah. They've done really well with the qualifying series out in rural areas. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, you just, like, a couple months ago, you're just hoping there's not, like, another burst of COVID and, and we lose these events. But Golf New South Wales has done a really good job uh, getting the event up and with the government. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be an exciting week. I think there's a lot of really good players coming up that, might not have played some smaller events that are, are really focusing on New South Wales Open. So it'll be really good. 
Well, mate, good luck. It's um, you know, it's this is a good story now. It oh, could yeah. be, it could be a very, very good story if it, if you can carry on and um and take take this career of yours, you know, somewhere near where you want to take it, mate. So um, let this be a springboard. Uh, thanks for coming on, having a chat. We'll uh, we'll be watching yeah. next week with a great deal of interest. Uh, we appreciate your time, Andrew. Thanks and congratulations. Yeah, yeah thanks guys. Thanks for having me on. But yeah, definitely. Um it, it should definitely help other pros as well. Um, there's mm. been a lot of first-time winners this year. So, yeah, hopefully it helps other guys as well. Give them Good. some belief. Good on you. Good uh, guys. Andrew yeah, Evans, winner of the Queensland Open. Um, you know what he should do? Far be it from me to tell him what to do. But go back and have a look at the – and I'm sure he ha- – I should have asked him while he was there. But have you, look at the winners on that track. You talk about the leaderboard oh. that he was surrounded by. Um, at Huntingdale, have a look at the players who have won. And I know things have changed in Australia. I know the you know the the, the state championships and the state PJs probably aren't now what they were back then because of the global nature of golf and all the rest of it. But you want to know, you know, what this tournament has meant to players in Australia over the journey. There's not many of the who's who, and I'm talking the absolute top end who's who in the history of Australian golf who haven't got their name on this trophy. There's, clearly, there's one or two, but those names that are on it, they are Australian Golf Hall of Fame stuff. Uh, it, the TB Hunter Cup mm-hmm. is what it's called, Andy, and honestly, it's uh, it's one of the best trophies mm. in, in Australian golf for that sort of stuff. I mean, you'd expect there to be Norman mm-hmm. on there, but, you know, David Graham, Ozzie Pickworth, Cal Nagel, Norman Von Nider, Jim Ferrier yep. is on there a couple of times. Yep. Like, it is a legit trophy. Oh, no doubt about that. Jim Ferrier. Yeah, oh. I know. I know. It's good stuff. Andrew Evans is on it now. Andrew Evans. Yep. That's great. Oh, look, he's a really humble, nice bloke. He, he cancelled his flight home on Sunday night That's from uh, the Sunshine quiet. Coast Airport and in favour of putting the uh, Hunter Cup – Bit of a flood of forex, I believe. Went Drink into the, some local produce yeah, just out of the cup. Outstanding. So, Why wouldn't you? I mean, and it's, I, I think I missed my point. Bad question from me. But, you know, here we are celebrating him winning a, you know, let's be honest, it's on the global scale of things, it's up against the players. Mm. No one even knows it's on. No. It's important to us. Globally, not so much. But here he was only a handful of years ago. Bumping shoulders with DeChambeau and Scott mm. and, and Sendon and Senior. It's such a fine line. No, I think your point was well made, mate. No, no, no. It was, I, we, I, I know exactly what you were getting at. You oh, know? It's incredible. If you can do it once, do it again. You know, well, I mean, why not? Clearly, he hasn't got DeChambeau's physical attributes. No. Who has? But it's all about writing a score on the card. If you can, as you say, uh, you can do it once. Yep. And you know what? He, he made a point there, and this is a really interesting one. And this kind of goes a bit to um, something that Rory was talking about. This week at the players, Rory reckons he's lost his way a bit uh, in terms of his ball control because he's been trying to find speed to match DeChambeau. We heard Andrew Evans there saying, oh, I copped a bit of flak fit and a four-iron off a tee. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Play yeah. your game. Play your game. Do your thing. Get now, now, there's going to be times when you're playing a bomber's paradise and you can't compete. Yep. You just can't compete because the course is set up in such a way. But that's not going to be the case all the time. Two words. Marcus Fraser. Well, he's still... I looked at the Australian Order of Merit this morning for some silly... Fraser's seventh on that. Yep. You uh, know, by his own... Like, if he was sitting here next to us, he would say he couldn't hit it over a jam tin compared nah, to some of the other blokes. Nah. But don't worry about that. Get it in the hole. Just get it in the hole. I, want, I just want to yep. reference a couple of people here, Andy, on the, on the Queensland Open leaderboard. 
Uh, my man Dean Lawson. Yeah, yeah. He's... Uh, he's 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 just consistent these days, which is fantastic. Second alongside our man Bryden McPherson. He's flying. He's airborne at the moment, Bryden. Uh, Blake Windred, who hold a bunker shot on I think on the Saturday that is just still beyond belief for me for an eagle. Uh, on the seventeenth, I think it was. Uh, he's coming again, yeah. and I. And I, I He's a sneaky chance to win at Concord okay. next week, I reckon. Uh, Quayley, Anthony Quayle, another um, great title defence there. I just wanted to mention uh, Laurie Flynn and Louis Dobler, two mm-hmm. Queensland um, amateurs. Obviously, Louis, the recently crowned Australian amateur champion. Really impressive uh, finishes. Laurie Flynn um, has become a really uh, – he's a high-powered golfer, left-hander, but he's straightened his game out a lot, and he's a really impressive young man these days. Tied for eighth, and Louis Dobler, again, after a slow start, rounds of 68, 66, 69 to close. Mm. Um, maybe a couple of nerves on the first day, but going places, both those young fellas, and good products from the QAS. Let's keep talking Queensland Open. A quirky little story out of the event on the other side of the break. You're listening to Inside the Ropes. Let's go back Inside the Ropes with Golf Australia. Welcome back to the show. Um, now, the, we've just spoken to Andrew Evans, and um, and that's great. And the Queensland Open was terrific for him. It could have been even better for a couple of teenagers. One who was playing, and his little mate who was caddying for him, a 15-year-old player and a 13-year-old caddy. This, And I know you've had the story on your website this yeah. week. It's a great story. It's a cracking story. Billy Dowling, a young 15-year-old who qualified to play, which is a great achievement in mm. itself. Uh, and he's... Uh, had a little mate who tried, I think, we'll find out in a second, Alfie Ward, who tried to qualify and just missed out. Off a handicap of one, mind you, Andy, at age 13. Uh, tried to qualify? I'm pretty sure that's true. I will check with him in a second. But Alfie uh, took the bag for Billy. And for the longest time in the second round, um, they looked like they might sneak through and make the cut. They bogeyed oh, the last couple of holes on the Saturday morning. The third uh, third day completed their second round because of the weather. And a couple of late bogeys cost them their chance. But they won a lot of hearts, Andy, on the coverage. They were interviewed by uh, Ewan Porter and Jimmy Tucker on our website. And the video, the vision's gone completely viral. So let's say day to Elfie Ward, the 13-year-old caddy who, with his man, uh, nearly got into the um, weekend's action of the Queensland Open. He stepped out of class to speak to us, which is... Uh, if I remember my days back at school, this is real hero status. You get out of class <laughs> to do a radio interview. You're going to walk back absolute king of the mountain when you go back into class. Alfie, thanks for joining us on Inside the Ropes. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Mate, um, the experience that you and Billy had together playing in the Queensland Open, tell us what that was like. Oh, yeah, um, the experience was awesome. Yeah, um, I tried to um, qualify on the Monday and um, I didn't quite make the cut. So um, I was out there caddying for my mate and supporting him how, in the bag. How did you hit it in your in your attempt to qualify? Did you go okay, or were you kicking yourself a bit for a few for a few mistakes you might have made? Oh, I, I was just playing pretty average. Like my long game was really good. It's just a few pots I missed. I missed a few really short ones. But um, I brought it back to one over heading into the last and made a very bad double on the last foot. Oh well. When you're talking about your long game, you're 13. Hazy showed me a photo of you. There's not much to you. Eh? You're not. You're not a. You're not a Bryson DeChambeau type uh, by any no. stretch of the imagination. How far are you getting it out there these days off the tee? Oh, um, I say average drive probably like 250. But if oh I hit God. a good one, it goes about 260. 
You've got to be joking. He's got you covered, Andy. Well and truly. He's got they, me covered, Andy. <laughs> who brought you who got you into the game, Elfie? Oh, so um when I was about four, my granddad and my dad used to go out and they used to play this um three uh this nine hole course. And um one day I was just interested in what they were doing and I went out and from there I just loved it. Did you have a like, from the moment you can you remember? I was long. I was going to say it's a long time. It's not that long ago for you, but do you remember the first time you picked up a club? Did you did you kind of have that knack of being able to get the ball airborne and, and make reasonable contact with it straight away? Oh, I think straight away, um, I could hit it off the ground and stuff. I had these like really old clubs from the charity shop, <laughs> and yeah, I guess I wasn't too bad. I guess yeah. What was the name of that little nine-hole course, Alfie? Um, I think it was. Um, well, it was this course in Cairns now. Um, Ocean's Edge was the name. Well, that sounds all right. Ocean's Edge Golf Course in Cairns. Sounds good. Sounds like there's worse yeah. places. Did you have to get? Did you ever have to get off the course because of crocodiles or anything? Any crocodiles <laughs> ever get on the golf course oh, up there? Yeah. Oh yeah, there was definitely a few crocodiles. Just definitely. Keep away from them. So where are you playing oh, your golf? Yeah, yeah. Where are you playing now? Um, I play Pelican Waters currently. Yeah. Okay. Right. On. The host club, Andy. Yeah, of course. And what do you want to do? I mean, you're 13, so it's all in front of you, and you've got to get back to English in a moment. And that's far more, Elfie. Don't let anyone <laughs> tell you that it's your schoolwork is far more important than golf. Okay. Just don't ever lose sight of that. But <laughs> it is far more important than golf, Elfie. <laughs> don't ever lose sight of that. But what do you want to do with your golf? Is this something that you you want to pursue now, that you'd like to become the next Adam Scott or Jason Day? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd definitely love to um, be on the tour one day. Just got to keep working hard at my golf playing every day. So how yeah. imp- how important was that experience, do you reckon, Alfie? Like the, what you've done for the yeah. last five or six days, well, how important was that to you in, in you know what your future might become? Yeah, the um the experience of it was really good. Like not not just to play, but to like it's like the same environment, caddying and playing. Like I'm there with a few pros and stuff, all the pros and Billy's playing with them, so I sort of get the same environment as he does. So and yeah, it was great. Am I right in saying you got to play in the pro am yourself? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I had an invite from it and. I was over the moon when they sent it to me, which was, yeah, that was awesome. That was another great experience. Just, what a weekend. No, no, he tried to qualify, a yeah. couple of pro-ams, caddy for your mate. And, and Delphi, just between you and I and Hazy, have you got Billy covered, do you reckon? Like, if you two had to go out and just go head-to-head, um, who's got who covered your Billy? Oh, I mean, if Billy doesn't make his pots and if I play, if I have a solid round, I might just be able to get him. You never know. Yeah, there you go. We're going to watch. We're going to watch the careers of Billy Dowling and Elfie Ward here on Inside the Ropes with a great deal of interest, mate. Um, How good? Yeah. Thanks for joining us on the show, mate. Get back to school. Uh, bear down. Uh, make sure you listen to your teachers. Eat all your veggies. Do your chores and all of that sort of stuff. All those, all those things that your your, your mums and your dads and your grandpas and your grandmas tell you to do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good on, you good on you, Thanks, mate. Thanks, Alfie. Alfie uh, Ward, 13 years of age. Uh, Ocean's Edge up in Cairns. I wonder if that little nine-hole course is still there. I'll check that out while we're talking. I just think that's just brilliant. If you haven't seen – I know the tournament's over, but you should just mm. go and check out the just sheer joy 
in the little video on the Queensland Open website. Just yeah. Google the Queensland Open. Uh, Jimmy Tucker did this little video with them. It was yeah. just amazing. It's great. It, it's pure. It's like, great. When we say pure with ball strike, this is pure what golf is, Andy. Well, well, how good will it, will it be? And, yeah, this is absolute pie-in-the-sky stuff here. But how good will it be if, if Billy and Elfie or one or the other um, actually do something with their golf down the track? And you've got this to remember. Oh. A bit of vision, a story being written, a couple of chats on the radio. Um to to be revisited when those the early sproutings of their dreams became known to all of us, and you know they did some pretty. Good, I mean, that's pretty decent effort by Billy Dowling to get oh. as close as he did at fifteen years of age. Particularly with the interruptions, bad weather, it would have been very easy for a teenage kid to kind of lose his head a bit in those conditions. And he had to come back and finish his round. Mm. I think if he gets the chance to just play on on the Friday. Uh, and not really think about it, but you know he did. He got caught up mm. in a bit of media and 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 probably thought about it way more than he otherwise might have. Yep, yep. So who knows? But have you found anything about Ocean's Edge in Cairns or oh, not? I saw you typing away. Over there. Ocean's Edge Health Club golf course in uh, where is it? Palms, Paradise Palms, maybe. Yeah, uh, is that Cairns? Paradise Palms. I thought Paradise Palms was a bit set. That's where Blighty used to. The great Malcolm Blight used to be a member. I think. In fact, I think Paradise Palms golf course is gone. Wasn't there some story yeah. about Blighty's golf, the old Paradise Palms being under? There's been a couple of issues with courses going in the way of developers. And, yeah. And yeah, I think that might have been an issue. Um, so good luck to Elfie, good luck to Billy. Uh, a break. Um, you've got your mystery guest coming up next. I cannot wait to introduce uh, our man to you, Connor. Well, it's better be good. It's going to be a bloody right. ripper. No worries. You're listening to Inside the Ropes. Let's go back Inside the Ropes with Golf Australia. Welcome back to the show. Um, every now and again, my colleague, uh, Mark Hayes, uh, does things to me that I'm not quite sure about, and he's been suggesting to me that he's got a remarkable story and a mystery guest on the show today, just to finish it all off, who's going to knock my socks off. Andy, we've had, and you, I know you've been blown away by a couple of people we've had on this show and their scores and their mm-hmm. achievements. We've had, even recently, we had uh, Mr. 59, yeah. Graham Stinson from... Uh, the uh, Shell Links. Yeah, we had the old bloke who had Sorry, the Link Shell Cove. That's the say. one. That's the one. We had the old bloke who had the Grand Slam of um, aces on his particular golf course at the age of about seventy four or something or other. Co- correct. So, yeah, We've had a string those. of these yeah. over yeah, the yeah, one hundred and ninety nine episodes, but I reckon I've got the one that tops them all. Oh, and I don't oh, want to run down any ones in the future, but this is it. This is the the piece de resistance oh, of so crazy blokes, stuff. Bloke's had forty one or something, has he? Well, not 41, but I'm t- we're trending in the right direction. Are you serious? Well, we all know Rian Gibson had 55, uh-huh. and that's the world record. And no one has known anyone to have come close to that. We all know that mm-hmm. until today, Andy. All right, go on. I've got a bloke on the line, Connor McLaughlin, who has shot a, wait for it, 56 at the Woodford Golf Club in Queensland. Come on. Woodford Golf Club. And I'll I'll put it on the table. It was preferred lies a couple of months ago. But 56, and I'm going to read you his card before you talk to him. How about this? Well, yeah, we'll both talk to him. But, yeah, go on. This is how Connor played Woodford Golf Club. He went eagle, par, birdie, eagle, birdie, par, birdie, 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 out in 27. 
birdie, par, par, birdie, 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 home in 29. Uh, he's really sort of taking the gas on the back nine. 50, he felt the pressure on the back 56, nine. 56, Andy, for 47 Stableford points playing off plus five, I think, on the day. I can figure that out. But okay, yeah, yeah, you're generally good at this. Yeah, it is. He played a plus five. That makes sense. So, is that I can hear him in the background. Yeah, Carl. and I'm going to introduce you to Connor McLaughlin. And Andy's – look, Connor, welcome to Inside the Ropes. Andy's jaw never is, but it's down near his lower uh, – Yeah, down n- near his the knees. kneecap, kneecap. Welcome aboard, mate. Great round. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks for having me. 56. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a – Pretty good day out after all. But, oh, yeah. Uh, you can say that again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so take us through it. Was it just – was it one of those days where you just couldn't miss? It basically was, yeah. Like, I had just hit everything well. I hit – like, driver was well. Just couldn't miss. Um, yeah, stumped a few shots here and there to six to three feet and had a – I think the uh, the eagle on the fourth, that was a chip-in. And the par three, the 17th, that was a chip-in birdie. So so that was going to be my next question. Did you have any, like, bizarre hole-outs from the middle of fairways or any nah, of that? Just no, a, nah, just a couple of things. Yeah, the eagle on four and the birdie on 17, they were just chip-ins from green side, basically. So probably, uh, yeah, 15 metres, I'd say. Now, if I'm right, Andy, too, oh, the four yeah. pars that Connor had, they were all birdie chances bar one as well. So it could have, would have, should have been even like crazier. Is that right, Connor? Yeah. Um, and even on 10, that par five, I think I was about 10 feet for eagle. And you three putted from 10 feet. <laughs> no, he's, he's no, he made 10 a was a birdie. Oh, birdie, right. So I thought he said it was a par. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a birdie. Uh, but yeah, it was, a, like, it was about 10 feet for eagle and I. Left it short in the jaws. So, <laughs> so were you just making miles of putts, or were you just knocking it in close all day? Uh, probably a bit of both. Yeah, I was knocking it in pretty close all day and just thinking a lot of putts. My my favourite thing, Andy, is on the Woodford Golf Club Facebook page. Now, do you know where Woodford is? I've got no idea. It's sort of inland, like if between Caboolture and Beerwar on the. I've still got no idea. Queensland, north, right? north of Brisbane, but yeah. inland from the Caboolture near the Glasshouse Mountains. Okay, right. Eh? Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a couple of people on the Facebook who've said some really funny things. One bloke who came in and had had a 73, like yeah. career round, yeah, one, one over past 73. How far am I going to win the comp by today? Yeah. Thinks this bloke, yeah, 17 shots off the pace. Yeah, no, we'll cop that. And yeah. and Connor, what was another bloke you told me um, played? Uh, was he off 17 or something and had a really good Stableford score? Yeah, he's had uh, 46 points, and I've come in. I was like, oh. I was pretty much the last group, or nearly the last group, and I've come in at 47. Oh, that is got, that's got to be a world. That does have to be a world record. 47, 46 Stableford points getting beaten. Oh, getting beaten. That's oh. that is ridiculous. I've never heard anything like it. So, so what was your previous best around Woodford, Connor? Uh, I was 61, 11 under. 56. I. So I kind of don't even know where to go with this. So those pars, the string of pars that Hazy mentioned, um, did you did you any like lip outs? Well, you talked about the one you left in the guts for Eagle, but did you lip out any of those? Were any of those pars a bit stiff? Um, no, so the one on six, that was an up and down. Uh, but yeah, I think the one on two, 11 and 12, they were probably like 20, 25 feet away. 
Yeah, I'd say. And and yeah, so, just... so when you're rolling, once you get six or seven holes in, and you you know you're sort of under the card, and you you realise something's going on here. Were you as you just hit shot after shot after shot, and you kept making you know eagles and and birdies? Were you sort of having a bit of a giggle, or was it all just oh yeah, onto the next shot? Oh. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on. It was just like it just kept going close and making birdies. I mean, after the front nine, I was just thinking, oh, if I could shoot 59, I'd be, I'd be ecstatic. I'd be happy. But I didn't think I was going to shoot 56. The finish was definitely what topped it. The six birdies, the finish it was. Uh, oh God, that'll do. That'll get the job done. Is it? How <laughs> yeah. long? Is it, tell us about Woodford. I don't know the golf course at all. Kind of what sort of track is it? Yeah, so it's not too bad of a track. It's like a little country course. It's um, We played off the whites that day, so it was pretty short off the whites. Um, another thing was was that the bunkers were out of play because we just had a fair bit of rain uh, a couple of weeks before and they hadn't fixed them up a bit. So, yeah. yeah. So, tree-lined, what, sort of parkland-type course? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a fair bit of trees and not that many... There's a couple of water holes, but yeah, there's, there's a fair bit of trees on this. So are you hit and driver off most sort of par fours on the golf course, or do you kind of you yeah. know? Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty amazing, Andy. I, I don't know. It's all, just all the, it speaks for itself. It would, I think, would be a record on Australian soil if it had been sanctioned, but it can't because yeah, it was pu- um, preferred yeah. lies. But yeah. Connor, um, I, I understand that you might have had a go at qualifying for the Queensland Open last week. Is that right? Yeah, I had a go at it, yeah. And no luck? Nah, I shot square and missed out by, I think, three under with the playoff. So you so, got, yeah. are, you, are you trying to get your golf career to, you know, take off and go places? I mean, you're off a, I think you told me you're still off plus uh, 5.9 at the moment, Andy. It's handy enough, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, so in a couple of weeks' time, I am doing the Australasia Tour School. Yep. At uh, Lakeland in Queensland. So we'll do that and hopefully go from there. And and what else are you doing in the meantime? Kind of, we wish you well, you know, as you chase the dream. What what else are you doing? Uh, I just work at out at Woodford Golf Club, just in the pro shop. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So. And what what's the golf club going to do? Will they do something special to commemorate the round? Uh, I'm not too sure. I haven't been really told anything about it or. I haven't really spoken about it that much. No statue, no statue at the front of the clubhouse, nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking about printing my scorecard and putting it above the shop. And, yes, but uh, <laughs> very least they can do, mate. I reckon. Mad if you don't do that. Oh god, mate, that's awesome, mate. Um, I'm stunned. The congratulations. Thanks for coming on, and having a chat about it. It's. Um, I'm sure everybody driving it around today or listening to the pod wherever they might be. <laughs> Is just shaking the head, thinking I'd love to have anything remotely like. Like, get me, let me have a round where I get within twenty of that would be nice. But, mate, that's phenomenal stuff. Well done. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks, Connor. Connor McLaughlin joining us. Fifty-six Woodford Golf Club. Next time I play with you, Andy, I'm actually going to wave a little flag when you get past fifty-six. Although, well, that'll be uh, probably on about the the twelfth, I reckon. (laughs) (laughs) Probably about the twelfth hole. That is unbelievable. Can you imagine? And when I asked him the question about we're having a bit of a laugh, now clearly he's a serious player, so he expects to play well. But you. You know, we've all had a day out where we've had little, whether it's stretched over 18 holes or not, we've all had runs where we've where we've played, you know, sort of right at the red line of our capabilities. Correct. And it's like your mates are cut it out. Like yeah. you're sort of half, oh, sorry, fellas, you know, 
Sorry. Well, you know, we all know this doesn't happen very often. But maybe, maybe I should have read the card in, in you know, the back of that just so people can actually grasp it. But what you say is 100% right. He's gone out in 27. 27. He's gone out in nine under oh, the card Christ. and then closed with six birdies. Hmm. Like that. Yeah, no, that's, that's <laughs> Honestly. unbelievable. No, it's unbelievable. Uh, it's a great story to finish the show. Well, I'm sure we've got a couple of other bits. And bits. Can I – so golf is a many and varied – uh, sport. Mm. So you go from the Connor McLaughlin's of the world. Did you hear the story during the week about Max King, the St Kilda oh. young St Kilda ruckman forward, I forward did. ruckman? Unbelievable. So if you're not an AFL fan, um, you may not know this story. But Max King, yeah, number one draft pick. Uh, well, in fact, he wasn't a number one draft pick, was he? He was touted to be a number one draft pick, but hurt his knee. Number one draft pick at St Kilda in their particular um, draft year two or three years ago. Playing with a mate of his at the Brighton Golf Club. Now, the AFL season starts this weekend. Yep. Um, we're recording this on a Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon. He's he's standing to the side of his mate, who's clearly he should be standing behind this bloke from now on. He's completely shanked one. or hit one straight off. I don't know where it's come, come off the club face, but it's hit Max King in the temple, knocked him out cold, and under the AFL's rules now with uh, the new protocols with um, concussion, automatic 12 days. 12 days, yeah. Cannot long. play for a minimum 12 days. So it, it, It's funny, like, you know, that seems a harsh thing and whatever, but he's really, really lucky. Well, he is lucky. I mean, you take that on board. Yeah, absolutely. This is, yeah. I mean, it's a different spot in the head, but there's a couple of spots in the head. The Phil Hughes thing is Oh, no, no, there's play. no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, he's, he is incredibly lucky. Yeah. Absolutely not. But at the same token, he's incredibly unlucky. Oh. You know, like it's just the, it's just an chart, incredible story. Um, so there's that. And then another end of the spectrum, and this is a fantastic – I'm sure you've got other bits and pieces, but I was reading on the Golf Australia website, golf.org.au, the summer participation rates are in. It's some of the most staggering numbers I've ever seen in terms of people playing golf, particularly at a time when – um, a lot of people probably coming into COVID were wondering how we stimulate, you know, more people to play, you know, handicap rounds, just general social rounds, become members, all the rest of it. Well, these numbers uh, validate what a lot of people have been saying about golf spike um, during the pandemic. There's a couple of things in in this, and there's been one red hot topic on social media uh, in the past handful of days, Andy. The figures are unbelievable and they're generated off golf link data. So they're all membership related yeah, okay. rounds. Right, right. Yeah. So it doesn't take into consideration all the social, social rounds no, going on without handicaps. And they, we all know they make up a huge number. And uh, there's a lot of people on Twitter in particular in this past week who have said, why are we just talking about the 400,000 or just less members when the vast majority of golfers in Australia are non-handicapped mm. golfers? You know, there's another nearly million of them Another 800,000 probably true, of them. Yeah. Why are we talking to less than a third of, of um, the golfing population? Yep. Um, and it's true. But by the same token, I'm sure people can appreciate, it's hard to talk to people who don't give you their details. So you, you can't talk to them directly. Yeah. And, it, yeah. you know, it's it's a bit sporadic and people don't want to give up their details. And that's fine. It's, you know, I don't care as long as they're playing golf. Mm. But the numbers here. So this is just member rounds. Just handicap oh, rounds. Yeah, Incredible. It's unbelievable. So the figures are over the three months uh, of summer, so mm. Je- December, January, February, there were 2.89 million rounds played this year. 
up from 2.58 million rounds last year. So that's 300, and what am I doing my maths here? 321,000 more rounds yeah. in the three months uh, of this summer. And that's nothing to do with COVID from last year. This is pre-COVID. Yep, yep, yep. That's an extraordinary jump, Andy. But the big things are the age brackets. This, was, were this is what struck me. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And the age bracket of 10 to 14 had jumped 30.2%. The 20 to 24-year bracket had leapt by 54.5%, and the 25 to 29 bracket had leapt by 49.8%. Mm, mm. So basically half again of people in their 20s to 30s uh, of the rounds from last year to this year. It, it's No, it's fun. It's unbelievable. It's, 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 it's such a strong um, endorsement for the game. And just picking up on the point that you made before about these are golf link numbers, so handicap rounds, not taking into account the you know the, the people who just rock up at their local public course and and have a hit. And we all know the demand at public course. I mean, Yarra Bend, my local public course, through the roof, rounds through the participation, people on the range, lessons, the whole facility down there, which is a top shelf public facility here in Melbourne, um, absolutely off the charts. It just goes to the the challenge that some courses are, and, and municipalities are um, grappling with at the moment to maintain and protect public golf facilities, particularly in a suburban, you know, metropolitan public golf. This is not necessarily a time to be carving it up. Uh, These need to be protected. Quite the opposite. Mm. Uh, and finally, and we've, we've only hopefully just scratched the surface here, I speak we as the golf industry. Uh, I think we're just starting to have our voice be heard. Mm. And it's, it can't be from Golf Australia or the PGA. It's got to come from the rank and file players and just say, hey, I use this turf here. Mm. Mm. This Me and all my mates here, we play here all the time. Yeah. Yep. You know, hands yep. off. Yeah, it's important. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get Sandy Jamison back on in a couple of weeks, Good. Andy. He's been, Good. he's on he's a, a crusade. He's an absolute warrior. Um, yep. But we'll talk with more about that with him. But the traction that he's getting, he's putting up a photo on social media, uh, you know, old knackerbags coming down to the course with his, you know, 1968 nibblicks and whatever. Yeah. All, you know, it's magnificent. And we're talking... Uh, women from all generations and all different racial backgrounds and stuff, and it's absolutely magnificent. It's what the real golf is. So if you don't follow him, is the um, he's down at Oakley Golf Club, of course, the One Club Golf, which is his, you know, which is his real push uh, at Jamo Golf, J A M O G O L F. And I look, I appreciate not everybody listening um, to us right now is going to be active on Twitter or even a participate participant on Twitter. But if you are uh, and you want to know the sort of stuff that Sandy's um, promoting and encouraging and it is real rank and file uncomplicated shirt out don't care what you're wearing mm -hmm. don't care what clubs you're carrying uh it is just come out and play the game yep. just encouraging people to play the game um he's doing golf a magnificent service this bloke uh and but plus some of the stuff that he highlights that you're talking about it's just it's quirky it's curious it's fantastic it's um, he's very much worth a follow. One of the things I enjoy about it is he's actually helped um, out, for want of a better word, a few people who want to follow him because he's a renowned coach, mm. et cetera, mm. um, and he's got some really forward-thinking opinions, which is great. But then when he says something that doesn't sit well with a few people about the traditions of the game, et cetera, 
they can't help but say, oh, I'm not so, so sure that I'd want that outfit on my course. Mm. And then the discussion branches into who gives a well, red bring, rats? Yeah, happy and, to have it at ease. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I like that because mm. it's, it's actually an indicator of what real golf is in real Australia. Of course. We, we talk about sandbelt clubs all the time. And, you know, we, we can't apologise about that and we don't, but – that is such a small part of mm. golf in Australia. So very like, true. You know, we, we just finished talking about, um, you know, the uh, Woodford Golf Club, mm. which you hadn't heard of, which is totally understandable. There'd be hundreds of clubs neither of us have heard of. But uh, that's where that's, – that's real golf mm. in Australia. Mm. <laughs> it's, it not, it's not Royal Melbourne or no, Royal no, Sydney. No, no. no and that's – and that – the latter of what you that – re- that you're discussing, that represents a very small percentage of the golf playing – population in Australia. Mm. People who are playing at these top end uh, private golf clubs. That's a, for a lot of people who play the game, they're hanging out to just get one round. If I can get on there, if I can get on at Royal Melbourne once, if I can play at New South Wales once, if I can play at Royal Adelaide, that's what they're, that's an ambition, a life ambition of theirs as a golfer. So there, they make up a massive part of this. Indeed. Now, my last thing, Andy, before we wrap it up is sort of on that front. If you are considering playing, I'm pumping up here, get into golf, Mm -hmm. which is going absolutely gangbusters. It was launched in July last year. It's the adult beginner program. It's five weeks. You can take you from zero Mm -hmm. to being able to be out on course safely with the knowledge of etiquette and have a bit of fun with your mates, which is all it is. Great. And don't care about your scores. In five weeks. So Get Into Golf is the program. You can find out more about it at golf.org.au forward slash get into golf, all one word, get into golf. Uh, Andy, taking COVID into consideration, which was especially prevalent, obviously, in Victoria for a few months last year after we launched in July, this program uh, in mid-March as we sit here has already reached its target figures for June 30 this year, 2021. That's, awesome. That's so, right. People are into it. Mm. There's more and more clubs coming online. If you want to, look, we obviously speak to a lot of rusted on golfers on this podcast. If you've got someone you know who wants to get into golf but doesn't have a clue how to get started, please, please put them in the direction of getting to golf Mm. on on Golf Australia's website. It's it's critical. Perfect. Uh, That's it. We're done. That's been, uh, well, next week, Milestone. Episode 200. That's it for Inside the Ropes, episode 199. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Enjoy your week in golf. We'll be back next week to do it all again.